Hello and welcome to this episode of the 1 106th of a second photography podcast. In this episode I'm going to talk about a shoot I did because recently I did a podcast episode about a bad shoot and I recently had a good shoot and I wanted to talk about the difference and I want to talk about the shoot I did. So the shoot I did was a shoot of a person, it was portraits, it was fashion work and that's primarily the sort of photography I do. And thinking back I've probably done maybe 50 or 60 of these type of shoots with various people um, for varying levels of pay and in different locations. Some traveling really far, some traveling not so far. So this particular shoot, I put out a casting call on one of the websites I use and I got inundated with applications. And I shortlisted the applications and I asked questions back. In the end, I went with this particular person. And this particular person had always stood out as a very good person to do photography with or for the shoot I was trying to do. They applied early on and they were they were always a contender. Due to the requirements I had and sort of answers they gave and their portfolio of work and their location, I went with them. And so we arranged a time and a date and we arranged where we would shoot and how I would get there. So I had to travel into London for this, which wasn't too much of a problem for me. There was going to be an element of indoor shooting and an element of outdoor shooting. And that was it, really. So I knew I had to travel in on public transport. So I didn't want to take loads of kit. I wanted to be light. I knew there'd be an element of moving around. I knew it'd be quite a logistical challenge to get there. So I wanted to be quite light. Taking a light stand was clearly out. I wasn't going to do that. It's also summer in the UK and it was probably going to be a hot day. So I really didn't want to be traipsing around with a light stand. One bag, a small amount of kit as possible. So I was going to do portraits and I was going to do some fashion work so I decided I would want at least an 85mm focal length and maybe between a 35 or a 50 I hadn't quite decided. So packing my bag I started to put my cameras in and I immediately reached for my full frame Canon 5D but then I realised how heavy it was. Do I really want to be traipsing around with that all day? Now the other thing is I wanted to get some different angles and I wanted to shoot um, with a shallow depth of field as well. So I actually in the end after weighing it up I actually took along my Canon 200D or you might call it the SL2 which is a very small and light DSLR. What I really like about it and, and the reason I bought it is because it has dual pixel autofocus. Now dual pixel autofocus means you can use the LCD and it focuses and it does um, face tracking and it's really good. So with the Canon 200D SL2. You've got your nine autofocus points in the center when you look through the viewfinder. Like a lot of Canons, in fact, like like all the Canons I've got, they've all got that. I don't have any more focusing points. That would enable me using the LCD as an articulated screen so you can get low and you can shoot from above and you know you're going to get good focus. So I took that. Bearing in mind I wanted 85mm focal length. I took my 50mm f1.4 Sigma lens because on an APS-C body that's going to give me an 85mm equivalent and I took my 35mm lens so I just took two lenses actually I didn't take two lenses I took three lenses I packed two lenses the Canon 200D always has the 24mm pancake lens on I always have that on that's my most used lens with that so I kept that on because it doesn't take up any more space it didn't take up any more weight and in fact pretty much acts as a body cap when it's not being used but I'll talk about that lens later I also took a GoPro because I wanted to do a bit of street photography with GoPro and I also took a flash because I thought I might be doing some work so I took a Nissan i40 I took a very small pop-up modifier that goes over it and because I wasn't going to take a light stand I wanted to trigger it off camera but I knew I'd end up holding it anyway because I wasn't going to be taking 
a light stand so I just took a cable to trigger it rather than doing any radio trigger so I just took a cable put all that in my bag put my iPad in and set off to London and I got there much quicker than I expected and it was a baking hot sunny day so it was very nice weather I think I arrived around between 12 and 1 got in contact with the person I was shooting with let them know I was there and we shot early they suggested that maybe we shoot in a park so we went and we found some good spaces in a park now park is an obvious place to do a shoot but on this particular day it actually worked out really well so it's a big park now i don't find an image of someone stood in the middle of a park interesting it'll look like a park it's not that interesting you've got to hunt around and find things where maybe it doesn't look like a park or maybe it has a different view to it so we managed to find something, we managed to find this area of the park that looked where you might go to throw your rubbish away, like a scrap heap, or it had like a fence and it had trees in front of it, so it had a wire fence and trees in front of it, so it didn't look like a park. Then we found some other areas, and my aim was to shoot in shade, because it was, sun was really high, and it was a really sunny day. Shoot in shade with the person in the shade, at worst, shoot with the person with the sun behind them, so they've got a rimmed effect on their hair and shoulders, but not shoot where they're facing the sun, because we'll get harsh shadows, and they'll be squinting, and it's it's not very pleasant for them either. Got some really good shots, and actually the person said, what about here, as we're walking past somewhere, and we took some images again didn't look like we we're in a park looked like we we're on some sort of tropical island so they said oh what about here and I said oh I don't think it'll work and I said I, while I don't think it'll work I'll always give something a go we've seen it let's give it a go I did a few images I thought yes this will work really well and I was able to get down low because I had my articulated screen I was confident the focus would be good with it so I got some good images from different angles that I was really pleased with while we were in the park we sort of went to some bits that weren't your normal park so there were some sort of like bluebells there were bits with flowers in and long grass and they lay down and I could hold my camera up and I had to put the 24mm lens on to get as wide as possible. And I could take some sort of images from above. First couple, I got my foot in them. But after that, I got used to it and, and they were really good. Now that 24mm is an f2.8. And at f2.8, it's fabulously sharp. It's an incredibly good lens. It's really quick to focus. It's really small. It's really light actually doesn't cost that much and it produced some of the sharpest images I got on the day even with a with much more expensive lenses it's a great little lens you should really get that if you've got a Canon APS-C body it's an EFS so it only will work on the Canon APS-C it won't work on full frame cracking lens though probably the shots I was happiest with were the ones that the person said oh let's stop here and the sort of ones from above we got some really good shots and it was a really good experience it was enjoyable because the person i was photographing was i i would say quite a good laugh they were very pleasant they were very happy they're very personable and i happened to be as well so we got on quite well which is always really important if you're spending time with someone it does help certainly it does help the vibe if you can get on them and we seem to get on okay so that worked well and then we headed back to do some more images in sort of a different location. So it allowed the person to get changed. And then we did shots in a different location that was totally different to where we first went. Because there's no point just having all images that are all the same. You want something different. So we got lots of sets done. So we went to this industrial area. They popped home. They changed. Completely different look. Went to an industrial area that was, believe it or not, an industrial looking area that was bright and colourful. And had lots of different things. And there were things 
written on the floor. So I actually got one of the person lying next to an instruction on the floor. And I think at the end I had 200 images and on the train home, I started to import them into my iPad. And I found that I imported them onto my iPad and pretty much most of the images I was liking, I was selecting them as favorites and I maybe sort of cut out 25% that weren't sharp or weren't quite as good as the others but now I've got this dilemma of I've got all these good images I haven't yet got around to editing them and I don't quite know what to do with them I don't know where to put them I need to give it some extra thought of what to do with them I wouldn't mind putting some in my portfolio I wouldn't mind making some into a YouTube video I still haven't decided what's making that decision difficult is they're all so good and it's really picking the ones I want to focus on but anyway that's another story so why did this particular shoot go well and my other one didn't go as well? I would say most of my shoots, in fact, all bar one, I've been happy with. There's only one shoot I've walked away from thinking I regret even starting this. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done it. It's encouraging to know that the vast majority of shoots will be successful both parties will get something out of it they want. Other things that are good are good communication and planning because it's important before people meet that they know what to expect and what to get. So I put out another casting call after this shoot because I wanted something specific. A lot of people got in contact again and one person who was the forerunner in the favour, I said, yes, let's go forward with this plan. But actually it emerged that they wanted something that I wasn't quite prepared to give for a TFP shoot. So something they wanted, I thought, oh, if I do that, that's probably going to take me longer than actually doing the shoot. That's something very detailed. That actually, that would be something if anyone asked me to do, I'd probably say, well, I want some money for it because it was it's very, very time consuming. So I sort of said, oh, I, I can do the shoot, but I can't do that and probably the shoot's not going to go ahead now that's actually better than the shoot going ahead and me thinking well i can't i don't have time for this this is a paid thing and the other person thinking you haven't given me what i wanted and planning is really key setting out your expectations and trying to stop any misunderstandings ever getting there so being very clear i will be here at this time you will be here at this time this will be paid this won't be paid if it's tfp i will deliver you 10 images within this time frame. I normally say two weeks and I'll give you eight or 10 images within two weeks and I'll send them to you via say Dropbox or other things. So spelling things out is really key. And of course, when you meet the person, you don't want to take them by surprise. In the last shoot I was organizing that didn't go ahead, the person said, oh, I would like to bring this person. And I said, that's fine because you've let me know beforehand and I, I see why you would like to bring someone along. It makes sense to me. Yeah, not a problem because you've told me. So not being surprised is always good. And I think as well, making the effort to get along with the person because they're a person and you're a person. So I know one photographer always has a coffee with whoever he's photographing. And yeah, that's a good idea. Taking the time, get to know someone. Because in many cases, you're meeting a stranger or you're meeting someone behind an online portfolio. So it does make sense to take the time to get to know them. Pleasantries and courtesies are important for both people. At the end of the shoot, there needs to be a, a sort of ceremony of goodbye. Thank you very much. I will deliver X. Thank you, you know so on and so forth and of course a, a reference was left for this person and they left a reference for me in addition to the personal interaction i came away with lots and lots of good images and i wasn't exhausted because i carted around so much kit i also got a little bit of street photography done with my gopro which was another aim of going into london i achieved what i wanted it was a good experience it was a pleasant experience so it, it really was win-win 
So I've talked about ways to ensure you have a good shoot. I do think it's important to cover all eventualities. So of course I could have gone in with just one lens, but had I gone in with one lens, I wouldn't have been able to get all the shots I did. I used all three of my lenses that day to get different looks and different shots. I got some of shallow depth of field. I got some of those ones from above. So I went in not with so much kit that I was laden down, but I went in with enough kit that I could cover eventualities. Maybe I should have brought a reflector. I could never really be bothered with reflectors. Had we done some indoor shooting, which we didn't, it would have been okay because I had a flash and I had a modifier. Some of my favourite shots are ones that came from a lens that was an afterthought that I didn't plan to bring. I have done shoots with one lens before and it's been fine, but I think you should always plan for a couple of eventualities and scenarios that you're not anticipating. And because it was a hot day, I brought water with me. Here's a tip. Always put your water on the outside of your bag because if it does leak, and it will leak. You want it leaking on the outside of your bag, not the inside of your bag where all your kit is. And actually, I, I took with me a leak-proof water bottle that, yeah, a bit of water came out, so it's not really leak-proof. The person whose photograph I took was very happy. They took some images on their smartphone, back of camera, because they wanted some sort of reference. I was happy to give that. And all in all, it was a good shoot. And it sort of put my faith back in doing shoots because the last couple of shoots I organised before that got cancelled for a variety of reasons not by me but they got cancelled i had that shoot which i didn't like so it put my faith back in doing shoots and of course now summer's here gonna want to do more outdoor shoots it's a cheaper way to do shoots but yeah i had a good shoot so i've talked about the kit i've talked about the approach of use i've talked about why it's a success talked a little bit about sometimes why it can be a bad shoot and if you want to know more about a bad shoot do listen to my other podcast episode don't forget to leave a review on apple itunes i think i probably need to mention at some point close in the future within the next couple of months i might be moving the podcast to a different platform and provider and that will be for my main output but don't forget you can check out the podcast on soundcloud spotify youtube and and all the other major platforms thank you goodbye